MSW Media. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, May 21st, 2021. Today, the New York Attorney General has another criminal investigation open. This one is into the Trump org CFO, Alan Weisselberg. The House passes the Insurrection Commission legislation, but it probably won't make it out of the Senate. Val Demings is running against Marco Rubio in Florida for Senate. The ICE facility that was performing unnecessary hysterectomies is shut down. Lawyers reunite 54 more families separated at the border. And a federal judge allows the New York Attorney General to intervene in the Jacob Wool prosecution. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, happy Friday. Welcome. Friday means Amy Carrera will be joining us at the end of the show for the good news segment. I'm very excited about that. We have a submission for Amy's court. Dung, dung. It's going to be good. I also will be talking to former federal prosecutor and host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner. And we're going to be talking about all of the exciting news coming out of the New York Attorney General's office, how they're teaming up with the district attorney in Manhattan and uh, what that's going to mean or what it looks like, what it looks like it could mean. The Bureau, the show The Bureau, starring Frank Fogluzzi, debuts Tuesday, May 25th. That's a podcast that's on the MSW Media Network. That's going to be very exciting. And The Mary Trump Book Club debuts May 31st. And uh, that, that's Dana and I going over the uh, Too Much and Never Enough book written by Mary Trump. And then Mary Trump joins us in the final episode to discuss it. Sorry about the glitch with cleanup on aisle 45. Supposed to come out first thing Wednesday morning. It didn't. There was some sort of a host upgrade after we scheduled the show and before it came out. We fixed it and we apologize. Shouldn't happen again. But thank you for understanding. And now with all of that out of the way, we have a ton of news to get to. It's a big news day. It's a big news week. And uh, let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. The lead story today is that the New York Attorney General Tish James, Letitia James, has been criminally investigating Alan Weisselberg, the CFO of the uh, former guys at organization. She's been doing this for months, and we're just now finding out about it. Uh, this is separate from the civil Trump org investigation that she was conducting. This adds a criminal element to the investigation. That whole thing she announced Tuesday is separate from the additional criminal investigation she's conducting into Alan Weisselberg since I think January is when they sent those letters out. The Office Attorney General, Letitia James, notified the Trump Organization, yep, in a January letter, that it had opened a criminal investigation related to the chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg. I'm quoting the Washington Post here. Now, you know, the investigators here have examined, they have examined whether taxes were paid on fringe benefits that Trump gave him, Weisselberg, including cars and tens of thousands of dollars in private school tuition for at least one of Mr. Weisselberg's grandchildren. Previously, Ms. James's office had been conducting only the civil investigation, meaning it could sue the company and seek fines. But this allows for criminal charges, and Glenn Kirshner and I are going to go over that a little bit later in the show. The focus on perks and Mr. Weisselberg overlaps with Cy Vance's long-running criminal fraud investigation of Donald Trump and his family businesses. The district attorney's office has been investigating the extent to which Trump handed out fringe benefits to some of his executives, including Weisselberg, and whether taxes were paid on those perks. Because like I said, the business can pay an employee's tuition or an employee's child's tuition, but that's considered income. It has to be taxed. And I don't think these were. In recent weeks, Tish James suggested to the company in a new letter it had broadened the criminal investigation beyond the focus on Mr. Weisselberg, and it was unclear how the inquiry had widened. 
In general, fringe benefits, which can include cars, flights, and club memberships, are taxable, though there are some exceptions. These, this, the, <laughs> these don't fall under those exceptions. Companies are typically responsible for withholding such taxes from an employee's paycheck. So basically giving out fringe benefits while not paying payroll taxes. Uh, that's a, a kind of a, that's stealing. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. This seems to coincide with the subpoena we reported from Cy Vance's office for documents regarding the tuition payments made to Barry Weisselberg's kids' private school, which, as I said, if paid by an employer, would count as taxable income. Rather than risk bumping into each other, the two investigative offices began collaborating. Another person with knowledge of the matter has told the New York Times this, and two assistant attorneys general from Mrs. James' office have joined the district attorney's team. Uh, they've been deputized, which has been seeking to turn Mr. Weiselberg into a cooperating witness against Trump and the Trump Organization. In addition to the fringe benefits, James and the district attorney have examined whether Trump's company inflated the value of his properties to obtain favorable loans and lowered the values to reduce taxes. I speculated yesterday this seems to coincide with the handoff of financial documents from Mazars and Vance hiring a top forensic auditing firm, the same folks who worked on Mueller Probe's Manafort team headed up by Andrew Weissman. So, does this mean they're trying to flip Weisselberg or charge him? I will ask Glenn when we speak later. And also from the desk of the New York Attorney General, Jacob Wool and Jack Berkman had their civil liabilities dramatically expand on Wednesday, with a federal judge giving the green light to the New York Attorney General and her effort to stick them and others with a $2.75 million fine for robocalls allegedly designed for voter suppression. Quote, there's no doubt that the New York Attorney General has a strong interest in stopping defendants' allegedly discriminatory efforts to impair New York citizens' voting rights. That is U.S. District Judge Victor Marrero, and that's in part of his 14-page order. His ruling means the Attorney General will join the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation and a little more than a half dozen voters in their lawsuit, accusing Wool, Berkman, and their companies and unnamed alleged accomplices of violating the Ku Klux Klan Act by scaring thousands of New Yorkers about the effects of voting by mail. The automated calls, allegedly targeting largely Black and Latino populations in New York, Ohio, and Michigan, told recipients that voting by mail would allow police to track down old warrants, help the CDC issue mandatory vaccines, and let credit card companies pursue outstanding debt. The robocalls sparked Wool and Berkman's prosecutions in both Ohio and Michigan. In the civil arena, Judge Marrero previously likened the calls to a campaign of electoral terror that functioned as a modern-day equivalent of KKK-era intimidation. Quote, in the current version of events, the means Berkman and Wall used to intimidate voters, though born of fear and similarly powered by hate, are not guns, torches, burning crosses, or other dire methods perpetrated under the cover of white hoods, he wrote. Rather, Berkman and Wall carry out electoral terror using telephones, computers, and modern technology adapted to serve the same deleterious ends. Now, Wool and Berkman have pleaded not guilty to their criminal charges, and they're fighting the civil lawsuit. That's the one, you know, opposed the attorney general's entrance. They opposed it. They opposed Tish James' entrance into the lawsuit, but they lost in this ruling. Rejecting that argument, Judge Marrero noted the attorney general seeks to enforce additional statutes against them and wants to pursue additional penalties. The modest $500 fine per violation of New York civil rights law sought by the attorney general multiplied to a multi-million dollar penalty when all the robocall recipients were tallied. Letitia James also wants to sue two new defendants, their telecom provider Message Communications and its owner, Robert Mahanian. Quote, finally, the New York AG has demonstrated that her interest is not protected adequately by the parties to the action because she seeks broader relief. That's, of course, that's the judge. 
who also noted the attorney general wants to argue for the interest of all New Yorkers, not just the ones who are named in the original lawsuit. After Will and Berkman's counsel claimed that James is not seeking direct relief from their clients, Judge Marrero wondered whether they even read the attorney general's filing. They probably did not. And if they did, they didn't understand it. And the House has passed legislation that would set up an insurrection commission. But since McConnell came out against it, several GOP senators are following suit coming out against this, including Roy Blunt, Josh Hawley, Mike Rounds, Russia Ron Johnson, and Richard Burr. I've already shared what I think. I think Merrick Garland should appoint an independent counsel or a special counsel to look into this, as Republicans have admitted the only reason they don't want this commission to go forward is political. It's because it could hurt them if the findings come out at the beginning of an election year. Talk of setting up an election committee in the House, sort of ongoing, you know, the select committee, like the Benghazi hearings, et cetera. I think it should be an independent counsel. I don't think, I mean, I think they should do both, honestly. Anyway, fuck these dudes. Appoint a counsel. Yes, I know Merrick Garland is criminally investigating the insurrection. A lot of people have said Merrick Garland is that special counsel. But he's doing the criminal investigation into the insurrection. We also need a nonpartisan accounting of what happened, everything that happened, not just the crimes, the lawful but awful stuff, too. That's incredibly important to prevent it happening again. And from The Intercept, the Department of Homeland Security announced Thursday they're going to shut down that controversial immigration prison in Georgia where dozens of detainees were subject to non-consensual gynecological procedures, including hysterectomies. I know that you remember we reported on this. This memo sent by Alex Mayorkas instructed U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement to terminate the contract with the Irwin County Detention Center of Osceola, Georgia. That's according to the Washington Post. Along with another detention center in Massachusetts, both facilities are under federal investigation for their practices. Quote, this victory brought about through years of organizing and exposing the abuses is momentous. That is uh, one of the advocacy directors of Project South, a civil rights organization from Atlanta. The detention center run by a private company, a private prison company called LaSalle Corrections, was the focus of widespread criticism when Don Wooten came out as a whistleblower. She's a nurse and she came forward with the allegations of pervasive medical neglect and misconduct. In her allegation, she detailed how the facility staff ignored serious medical complaints, failed to take proper precautions against COVID-19 for both the staff and the detainees. And she also alleged detained women were subjected to hysterectomies and other sometimes unnecessary gynecological procedures performed without proper informed consent, allegations that spurred widespread international criticism, including congressional investigations. Now, DHS Secretary Mayorkas's memo closing Irwin also instructed ICE not to renew its contract with the Bristol County Immigration Detention Center in Massachusetts. In December, in Massachusetts, the attorney general said the Bristol County Sheriff's Office, which runs the facility, violated the civil rights of detainees when officials fired pepper spray and pepper projectiles and illegally unleashed dogs on detainees who were demanding COVID-19 protections. These closures come as the total number of people detained has increased in recent months to over 20,000 as of May 14th, a high for this particular administration, but still far lower than the 55,000 people who were detained at any given time during the peak months of 2019. It's not clear whether the facilities will be shuttered, but the Post reported that the Bristol contract would be terminated immediately and DHS would work to sever its contract with Irwin as quickly as possible. And in a related story, good news, lawyers working to reach the migrant families separated by the former guy have found the parents of 54 more children this past month. That's according to a court filing on Wednesday. Now the parents of 391 children have yet to be reached, down from 445 in April. And pro bono lawyers commissioned to find them by a federal judge say the parents of 227 of those kids have been deported 
100 are somewhere in the United States, and 14 have no contact information that the government provided. The Biden administration did set up a task force to reunite separated parents, and the task force is working with the lawyers to bring back deported parents who have been identified. Bring them back. This month, the first four families were reunited. And Florida Representative Val Demings is planning to run for U.S. Senate rather than governor in Florida, providing Democrats with a big-name candidate to take on Senator Marco Rubio, Bible verse guy. Demings, who is 64, was first elected to the House in 2016 from Orlando and held the distinction of being the city's first black woman police chief. She, of course, rose to national prominence as the only non-lawyer on the first House impeachment committee. As a black woman, a law enforcement officer, her background made her uniquely situated to be a national Democratic spokesperson for policing and race issues and helped catapult her to President Biden's shortlist as possible running mates in 2020, if you remember. A top advisor to Demings compared her personal biography to Rubio this way. Quote, she's the daughter of a maid and a janitor who became the first black woman police chief in Orlando. He's the son of a maid and a bartender who is a career politician. And finally, Israel's security cabinet on Thursday voted to approve a tentative ceasefire after 11 days of fighting with Hamas in Israel and the Gaza Strip. Hamas officials confirm a mutual and simultaneous truce with Israel began on Friday at 2 a.m. The White House is expected to respond to the news shortly. And I can say that I did watch Biden deliver a four-minute speech on this. This news comes on the heels of a Wednesday call between Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu. During that call, Biden said he expects a significant de-escalation in violence, and that's according to the White House readout. It was the fourth conversation since violence erupted between Israel and Hamas last week, and we will keep you posted on all of these stories and more. I'll be joined by Amy Carrero for the good news in a bit, but next, a conversation with former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner about the New York Attorney General's criminal investigation into Alan Weisselberg and the Trump Organization. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG calling all cereal lovers. I have amazing news. If you're like me and cereal was a staple when you were a kid, if you could sit down, watch Saturday morning cartoons, eat a bowl of cereal, and drink the milk, but you had to give it up as an adult because of all the sugar and carbs and junk and chemicals, Magic Spoon is here to save you. Magic Spoon tastes exactly like the cereal from your childhood, but it is super nutritious. It magically has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs, and only 140 calories in each serving. It's keto-friendly and gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And we've got exciting news. They have a new super delicious flavor called Birthday Cake. Birthday Cake Magic Spoon will be available in a special five-pack for a limited time only. So get it while you can, or you can build your own box. Available flavors to build your own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. They are so amazing, and you get to drink the delicious milk afterwards, and it's so good. And I've been using that oat milk. It just tastes so delicious. With it. I can't wait to try the birthday cake. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans, grab the limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle, and try it today. And use promo code dailybeans at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good at anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it has a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund all your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans to save $5 at checkout. And thanks to Magic Spoon, who I love so much, for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Pleasure to be joined today by my friend, former federal prosecutor for many decades, but not five decades, like Andrew Giuliani <laughs> claims that he's been in politics, even though he's only 35 years old, and also host of the Justice Matters podcast's Justice Matters YouTube channel. Please welcome Glenn Kirshner. Glenn, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you. It's been an interesting day so far uh, in the news. I know Biden just signed 
the Anti-Asian Hate Act and uh, Hate Crimes Act. And uh, I think that that's a, a great speech that you made. And we've got a lot going on. And boy, the investigative pressure, the legal troubles are mounting for the former guy. As we learned just last night, that not only is the New York Attorney General Tish James teaming up with uh, Vance on the Trump Organization investigation, making her civil suit also criminal investigation, but that she has had a criminal investigation open against Alan Weisselberg, the CFO of the Trump Organization, and sent a letter letting them all know back in January. She's been doing this for months now, and I find that fascinating, and I was hoping to get your top-line thoughts. So top-line thoughts are, okay, what do we know based on this announcement by Attorney General James, and what can we reasonably infer? Well, what we know is that if you're the target of an investigation, and it goes from being a civil investigation to being a criminal investigation, we know that's bad for you. That's bad for Donald Trump. That's bad for the Trump Organization, because civil investigations are all about money, all somebody can do to the target of a civil investigation is, you know, levy fines and penalties and make them pay restitution. And then maybe at the most extreme, they can prohibit you from running a business in the future, kind of like when Tish James shut down the Trump charity and when she went after and is still going after the NRA. But you know what? Civil doesn't land anybody in prison. Criminal can land people in prison. So we know that's bad for Donald Trump. We also know that two prosecutorial heads are better than one, right? So Tish James has a full staff of lawyers with experience and expertise in certain areas. And Cy Vance, the district attorney for Manhattan, has a whole battalion of lawyers with experience and expertise in certain areas. The fact that these two offices are join, joining forces, I think, spells real trouble for Trump and company. So those are the things we know. Mm -hmm. And, and we... sorry to interrupt, but not to mention, they also have hired this forensics accounting team that is working on the case. And we have Pomerantz, a former U.S. attorney yeah. who is also on the case. So now you've got like four heads are better than one, right? Those are all important data points. And I think they dovetail nicely with what one of the things we can reasonably infer. So I have to admit, I was watching Rachel Maddow when I saw this news break night before last. And I said to myself, okay, I was a prosecutor for 30 years. It's really curious for some attorney general or some federal prosecutor to step to a microphone figuratively or issue a press release saying, listen up, everybody. We've got this investigation up and running. And yesterday it was civil, but I want you all to know that today and moving forward, it's now a criminal investigation. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> that is a really strange, not unprecedented perhaps, but really unusual thing for an attorney general or a prosecutor to do. What can we reasonably infer from that? There is no way in my estimation that Tish James or that the district attorney's office in Manhattan are moving away from indicting Donald Trump and company. You don't make an announcement like that only to say a couple of weeks or a couple of months later, yeah, remember that big announcement I made about this becoming a criminal investigation? Disregard all that. Nothing to see here. Nobody's getting indicted. They are absolutely moving toward indictments. And I have a feeling we're going to see indictments 
by this summer for sure, or else Tish James would not have figuratively stepped to the mic and made this announcement. So that's something that I think we can reasonably infer. And then there's a lot of other things that we can talk about, like why did the attorney general's office get pulled into a criminal probe when attorney, state attorneys general generally handle civil matters and civil investigations and civil suits? Now, many states also handle some discrete criminal matters as well. But I think what happened here is when Cy Vance finally got his hands on millions of pages worth of Donald Trump's financial documents and tax returns, when Donald Trump could no longer block it going up and back and up and down to the Supreme Court several times, I think they began to see what it was they had. They hired the forensic accounting firm to begin to pour through that stuff. And I'm betting it became apparent to them that there were crimes in there that now should be handed off to the state attorney general's office, like under this funky law called the Martin Act. Okay. Yep. I didn't know anything about the Martin Act <laughs> before I started researching it in the last 48 hours. I never practiced law locally or federally in New York. I was in DC the whole time. But the Martin Act is a 100-year-old law that gives the attorney general for the state of New York certain jurisdictions over business fraud type crimes. And there is also some jurisdiction over certain financial and tax crimes. So it seems to me that Cy Vance probably had his people look through all of Donald Trump's financials and said, oh my goodness, there's some stuff here that the attorney general for New York is probably best suited to prosecute. And that's why they ended up joining forces. And I'm telling you, two prosecutorial heads really are better than one. And this spells real trouble and imminent indictments, I suspect, for Trump and company. Yeah, I had speculated about the timing of the release of the Mazar's information and the hiring of the forensic accounting team, many of whom worked on the Manafort uh, forensic accounting in the Mueller investigation, by the way, because, and you know, and I have said, I've long said that it's, it's not the tax returns in that trove he's thereafter. I think they're after some sort of smoking gun slash, you know, quote, quote unquote, document or documents that can show intent or knowledge that crimes are being committed. If I'm a major accounting firm and Trump organization wants me to file an easement credit, tax credit on uh, Seven Springs Estates, for example, I would write a letter saying that violates this and this law and that law in the federal and state tax code. We recommend against this. By signing this, we waive liability for this decision. Something to that effect, you know, to, to waive your liability, limit your liability for filing those fraudulent tax returns. And that's why I think Mazars was so happy even two years ago. We'll hand it over. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were ready. It was a friendly subpoena, right? But it was only blocked by the Trump administration. And so, now that's purely speculative. I don't know. Uh, what they have found. But, you know, I, I have a feeling I think they've had the tax documents for a while because the state can get those, at least the state's tax documents. But the timing is really interesting. And I, I agree with you on the on the imminent indictments. I think this case making that announcement means this criminal investigation is close to wrapping up, not just getting underway. Now, about the Weisselberg edition, do you, I mean, I haven't heard anything, any information that he is cooperating could they actually just be going after both of them? Or do you think this is pressure to try to flip Alan Weisselberg? So I think they desperately want 
I'm not going to say need, but they desperately want to flip Weisselberg. I have a feeling they have enough without him. So Weisselberg's calculation is, do I want to be, you know, basically, do I want to be on the train or do I want to get run over by the train? I think Weisselberg will end up being one of two things. He will either be a defendant proper and a, and a co-conspirator sitting at council table next to Donald Trump, indicted jointly with him, or he will be a cooperator of some sort, will strike not just a sweetheart deal, but it could even be a non-prosecution deal. You tell us where all Trump's financial bodies are buried, and we will not prosecute you for anything. That's not immunity. Well, he had that in Southern District, right? He had a non-prosecution agreement in the Southern District case against Cohen when he when Trump was individual one. R- reportedly, he did. Yeah, the feds really wanted his information. So we don't know the terms of it. We don't know how, how limited or expansive it was. But I have a feeling, you know, New York, the district attorney's office would probably say, listen, if you sit down and tell us about every single crime, every penny, we will agree not to prosecute you. But the beauty of that, I've entered into those kind of agreements. The beauty of that is it incentivizes the the person to really tell us everything he knows about crime because there's an escape clause in that kind of an agreement that says, by the way, if we find one crime that you didn't tell us about, or if you shaded the truth on one of the crimes that you did tell us about, guess what? All bets are off. And we can now use everything incriminating that you told us that otherwise would have been protected. We couldn't have used it against you. We can now use it to crush you. So we incentivize people to tell us the complete truth about their own misconduct and about the crimes of others. That may be where Weisselberg, given his age and given the pressure, I don't want to be ageist, but and given the pressure that's being put on his kids, that may be where Weisselberg ends up. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on that, too. I have a couple of uh, technical legal questions that a federal prosecutor would know, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Great. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this segment of the pod is brought to you by Monk Pack. They make delicious snacks that are good for you. And I absolutely am a snacker. I graze all day. And so I'm, you know, I'm keto and paleo. So I'm trying to find healthy snacks. And that is where Monk Pack is so great. The Monk Pack keto nut and seed bars contain less than one gram of sugar, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone following a keto lifestyle and they're the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better and cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. These Monk Pack keto nut and seed bars have the perfect balance of sweet and salty and a crunch from whole nuts and seeds, but they're soft and chewy too. It's amazing. They're perfect. They hit the spot. They come in delicious flavors like caramel sea salt, sea salt dark chocolate, and peanut butter dark chocolate. My favorite right now is caramel sea salt. It is so delicious. And since they're packed with protein, they're filling and satisfying. So they, you know, they nip the cravings in the bud. So I take them with me on hikes or my morning walk or my morning jog on the way home from the gym. It's so good. And to make sure I'm fully stocked, I signed up for a subscription. It saves me 10% on every order and it ships to me automatically. Getting these delicious treats delivered on a regular basis has been a game changer for me to try to eat healthier. So try it for yourself. We have a special deal for listeners. Get 20% off your first order of any Monk Pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code DAILYBEANS at checkout. And Monk Pack is so confident, it is backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it, they'll exchange it or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, just go to monkpack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product. Then enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at checkout and save 20% off your order. Monk Pack, delicious, nutritious food you can count on. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. 
Everybody, welcome back. We are talking to the host of Justice Matters, former federal prosecutor from D.C., who has helped us in the past go through the differences between district attorney and attorney general's offices, attorney's general office offices. So, Glenn Kirshner, the uh, technical legal questions I was talking about before the break, can the team now of Manhattan district attorney, who, by the way, Cy Vance has said that he will make a charging decision before he leaves office, which is the end of this year. Can this team make criminal referrals to the feds, uh, otherwise the Department of Justice, uh, Southern District of New York? Because as as Maddow said, when I because I watched that segment, too, it's real hard to break to, to violate state tax law and not violate federal tax law. And I'm wondering if those criminal referrals can be made anew to to the Southern District. Oh, absolutely. Or Eastern District. Yeah. Anything, you know, if prosecutors are doing what they should be doing. Um, they're working um, not necessarily collaboratively, but when they're investigating crime, if they come upon crime that it didn't occur in their jurisdiction, right? And I, I prosecuted in D.C. We would have crimes that we were investigating that happened in Virginia, that happened over the D.C. line in Maryland, that happened in D.C. proper. We were always coordinating with our law enforcement partners, not just federal, because you have the Eastern District of Virginia U.S. Attorney's Office, which is a stone's throw and a world away from my former office, the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. You have the Greenbelt U.S. Attorney's Office in Maryland, but you also have the Prince George's County Prosecutor's Office. You have the Commonwealth Attorney's Prosecutor's Offices in Virginia. We were always trying to pass information sort of among ourselves to make sure, okay, this guy did a crime in your backyard across the river in Virginia. So we would get a court order permitting us to disclose anything that might otherwise be privileged, like grand jury materials, to the prosecutors in Virginia so they could get after the guy for violating their laws. The same holds true when local prosecutors come upon federal crimes. They don't have an the Manhattan district attorney is a local prosecutor. He doesn't have jurisdiction to bring charges for federal offenses, but he sure can download all of that information to the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office, or the Eastern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office over in Brooklyn. And that happens just as a matter of course. Yeah. And, and it just occurred to me, uh, Glenn, if you remember, they tried to do this with Manafort when Manafort was pardoned for uh, his business and tax fraud federally. The state tried to bring charges, but the court found that the new law, the new dual sovereignty exception law that was signed by Cuomo was signed too late to be able to prosecute Manafort on that. It is not too late in this situation, unless it's when the crimes were committed versus when the crimes were indicted. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a statute of limitations problem. And you're talking about that funky New York double jeopardy law that I never did like. But um, and that's gone now. But you're right. You can't operate under a law for offenses before that law was signed into existence. But yeah, the statute of limitations is always going to be an issue because in the federal system, most crimes have a five-year statute of limitations. So if you can hide out for five years and not have the feds figure out you did crime, you might be home free. So that is always something we have to contend with as prosecutors. Yeah, or hide out as president who can't be prosecuted for, for four of those five years. Those, those obstruction of justice instances that, that Mueller proved 
deliciously in volume two of his report. I believe that their statute of limitation is up in about a year from now. So if we don't see anything movement on that in, in the next year, we'll know that there's no appetite for it. And, and one final question here. With regards to the ability or the restrictions that a state attorney general has in a criminal investigation, can the state attorney general, can Tish James indict individuals or can she only indict entities? So that's a great question. And I haven't read, I haven't done a deep dive on the Martin Act, but it, it stands to reason that if she has criminal jurisdiction over the offense, then she can certainly indict anybody who is found to have violated that statute. That would hold true for corporations and for individuals, though I would have to do a deep dive to get a more authoritative answer. But don't forget, we learned that some of her lawyers have been deputized as special district attorneys inside Vance's shop. So with all of the cross-pollination now between those two offices, they're going to be able to indict everybody they need to indict. Yeah, and I imagine we'll see indictments perhaps issued from the New York State Attorney General and indictments issued different ones from the Manhattan District Attorney, or maybe they'll jointly file the charges together. I don't know what that looks like. This is so rare to have to have a state attorney. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, and sometimes we, you know, we've seen in some of the civil rights cases, the uh, out in, in Minneapolis, the George Floyd case, they brought the state attorney general, I believe, in to actually take over the prosecution. So there was some separation between the local prosecutors and the police department where the, uh, the defendants uh, had worked. So it's, it's not unprecedented, but it's kind of unusual to get state attorneys general coming in and handling criminal prosecutions. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I think, uh, I think you're right on this summer. I, I had guessed by the end of May, I was a little early, uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Uh, I appreciate your time today. Uh, former federal prosecutor and everybody check out the justice his justice matters youtube channel and the justice matters podcast uh, glenn Kirshner, i appreciate your time today good talking to you everybody stick around we'll be right back after the good news hey everybody it's ag and this portion of the beans is brought to you by american giant as you know things are mass produced shoddily and clothes especially and we end up having to buy them way more often than we should they end up in landfills that is a problem we need to be more sustainable Baird Winthrop, who's the CEO of American Giant, grew up with a sweatshirt from the 50s that his father gave him, and it's still in his closet today, and it's still awesome. It's great shape. It's awesome. And with that durable sweatshirt in mind, they launched American Giant with the classic full-zip hoodie as their flagship product, aiming to revive local manufacturing and craft quality clothing made to last a lifetime. Slate called it the greatest hoodie ever made. They said, there is no comparison between American Giant's hoodie and the competition. It looks better and feels substantially more durable. When you wear this hoodie, you'll wonder why all other clothes aren't made this well. And I have to tell you, I got this hoodie, and it is amazing. The, the durability, the metal zipper, the little metal ends on the stringy things for the hood. It's fee. It's got these reinforced elbows and these side panels for mobility, and it's super slimming. I absolutely love it. It's incredible. They even brought in a former Apple industrial designer to help during the design process, and it shows. It's 100% American-made. And when I first tried it, I was so impressed. Like I said, I agree. It is the best hoodie ever made. So get your classic full zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today and use promo code DAILYBEANS for 15% off your order. Again, that's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS, all one word, at American-Giant.com. And today's show is brought to you by Upstart. If you, kind of like me, sort of dug yourself into credit card debt through the pandemic, that can be a heavy weight on your shoulders because if you just make the minimum payments, you never get out of debt. You're just sort of keeping it even. 
And that's where Upstart can help lift that weight off your shoulders. It's a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're paying off those credit cards or consolidating high-interest debts or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get simple fixed monthly payments. Unlike other lenders, they look at more than just your credit score. You're more than just a number to them. They look at your income and your employment history and your job and your experience. That means they can offer a smarter interest rate with trusted partners. And they have a five-minute online rate check. You can see if your rate up front for loans immediately between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive the funds in as fast as one business day after your loan is accepted. After this past year, I know a lot of people are struggling with debts and high interest rates. And that is why I really recommend Upstart. Highly recommend it. Uh, find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payment today when you go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. That's upstart.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Because if you support us, you support our sponsors. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, go to upstart.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, it's Friday, and that means joining me for the good news segment and confessions and corrections and what the mutt and find the cat and where's the swear and all that other stuff is Amy Carrero. Hey, Amy. Yee, hi. Yee, hi. How are you? I'm good. Guess what I did yesterday? Uh, what? What do you do? I got a tattoo. Oh, yep. Yep. Everybody show it. Show it. Because I Look mean. Look at that. Okay. So it's it's still, it's kind of gunky, right? Because it's yeah. the second day and it, and it has here. I'm going to show them and do a little close up. But I think it's pretty cool. Oh, it's beautiful. A little hummingbird and little hummingbird. Now everyone's getting the audio on this, but if you're a patron, I will post mm -hmm. this video conference Ooh. on our on our uh, Patreon page. So that might be worth it. It's only three bucks a month. Might as well. Hell yeah, it's worth it. And also you get to see this bloody goopy mess of a tattoo. <laughs> like that's worth something, I think. I think so too. So it's, uh, you know, we're going to kick the weekend off here with this particular segment of good news and, and everything submitted by, by the listeners. And so I'll start. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. I'll start with Anonymous. This is a submission from Anonymous with no pronouns given. Hi, Beans Queens, longtime listener. You may remember me as the chick who brought a celebratory J to the West Village during the Webbies in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember you, Anonymous. I wanted to share the amazing news that I found out today. I'll be running the 2021 New York City Marathon. <gasps> Woo! That's that's huge. That's hard to get into. Yes. I didn't expect the wave of emotion I felt when I got the email, but on top of the joy of being able to return to racing so soon, it's an extra special race because it's the 50th anniversary. And I work at a large health system in New York City and was redeployed during the COVID surge last spring to help support crisis response and support for frontline hospital staff. After an incredibly tough year, I can't wait to run and cry and sing with my city as we all step into our power together, just like we do every morning on the beans. Aww. Thank you for all you do. Much love from New York City. P.S. My pod tax is my sweet little peanut, Scully. <gasps> yes, as in special agent Dana. A sweet little Russian blue we rescued almost three years ago and who went from five to nine pounds Whoa. over COVID. <laughs> Me you too. know what? It happens, Scully. Look, I got chills when I, you know, I'm a big X-Files fan. So I am a big fan of this cat. So beautiful. Look at yeah. the baby. Oh, that's a baby. And you can tell she's such a scully because there is definitely like a sense of skepticism in those eyes. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God, look at that last one. That last picture, I can just hear the X-Files theme playing as I look at it. Oh, so cool. <laughs> hey, man, the New York City, mar- any marathon, I can, wa- my friend ran it a few years ago and I was like tracking her on my phone and then it's just so emotional. Like it, it really, it's so emotional watching people cross that finish line. You're just like, you did that. Yeah. So congrats. Very yeah. Cool. I did a half, I did a half on my 40th birthday and my only goal, I didn't care how fat, how long it took. My only goal was to just run the whole way. Fuck Yeah. And uh, I did it. And you're right. It's just, it's, and you're exhausted. You're down 1800 calories. And of course, somebody's given you a beer at the end of it, right? Oh, yeah. And you take that and it's just a little Dixie cup of beer, but you drink it. And it's like, you just had a Stein from Oktoberfest in Munich. Yes. And you're just like, woo. It's just so, it's emotional and so fun well deserved and incredible. And I'm so happy that you were accepted. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so great. Okay. Next up. Paul, pronouns, he, him. Dear Allison and Dana and Amy. Whoa, very um, uh, very uh, formal and I love it. Uh, thank you for all that you do to support and entertain your fellow travelers. I start every morning with the Daily Beans. My good news is that our 19-year-old niece has uh, started her move into our home in preparation to attend School of the Art Institute of Chicago in the fall. Woo-hoo. Our home is a short blue line ride to her classes. My wife and I are looking forward to getting to know our niece better. Oh, that's so cool. And support her in her journey. Uh, she has not had a lot of support so far from her parents who split up right after she was born. Our daughter is a few years older than our niece and is living her good life up in Milwaukee. So we have been empty nesters for the last few years. Our daughter and our niece could not be more different. Our daughter is super athletic and competitive, playing volleyball and soccer in college, with her current passions being rock climbing and roller derby. Oh, that's so cool. What's her roller derby name? Uh, Our niece is quiet and artistic. Both are very sweet and amazing in their own ways. I want to know the roller derby name, too. I was in roller derby for like six minutes about a decade ago. And and my roller derby name was Shimatoma. That was my roller derby. Oh, that's really good. So send, Ooh, that's good. Send us your roller derby names. Please. I'll never forget. There was like this pretty fame. I mean, in the derby world, a pretty famous like L.A. girl. And her name was Lucille Ballbuster. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, come on. That's so good. Okay. As a pet tax, here are two find the kitty pics, not too hard. Eloise in her favorite sleeping place, my office chair, mm-hmm. and the other of Eloise imitating a squirrel. I couldn't leave Gracie out, so I added a picture of her doing her elliptical workout. Oh, baby. That's a nice chair. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. She fits perfectly in the little in the little shoe hold. <laughs> the little foot thing for the... Oh, my God. <laughs> you just need another cat in the other one. <laughs> That then just, is very cute. And then start moving the arm things so the cats, like, it's a, it's like a ride. It's like an amusement park ride. I love it. And I think it's so cool that you're having your niece live with you. Like, how cool is that? That is awesome. That is yeah. going to be so great. Short blue line ride from class. Love it. And uh, uh, it's just going to be amazing. And her, uh, let's see. Oh, yep. Art Institute of Chicago. That is, it's awesome school. Congratulations. So, so cool. Next up from Jordan, pronouns she and her. Hello, legume ladies. Just a quick bit of amazingly good news. Now that more people are vaccinated, a little crocheting and knitting group that I started before the pandemic has finally been able to get together again, as we like to call it, a stitching bitch. (laughs) (laughs) One of my craft group friends was actually the one who told me about Muller She Wrote in the Beans during quarantine last April. So shout out 
At our first craft group last week, we had to play the charismatic mega plastics good news story from January for a new member, and we were all cackling literally the entire time. Oh my it was God. so incredible to be back together with friends safely. I can't wait for the next Stitch and Bitch. Oh, the charismatic mega plastics episode. Uh, Amy, I think I think I've told you about this. This yes. is the one where the kids were picking up trash by the river. Yep. And one of them found this double-ended dildo and it was like waving it around and uh, yep. and that's okay. like you do. Listen, that's why you don't go digging for trash in a river. <laughs> I have a dildo a story. I'll have a di- I have a dildo story for the end of this that I think everyone will enjoy, maybe. <laughs> everyone, Amy Carrero with a dildo story. Maybe. Coming up later. <laughs> Might delete IDK. <laughs> Pod Pet Tax is a find the cat picture from the February snowstorms since we decided to hunker down with no power for 18 hours at a time. I spent most of my days following all three cats around waiting for them to find a comfy place so I could bundle them up with blankets. This picture was taken after all of them jumped up on the bed and were promptly peritoed. See if you can find all three. Oh, oh whoa, whoa. I see them. Oh, one, two. Where's the third I one? I see two. Where's oh, the third? I see it. Oh, that's a camouflage. It is. Cute. Oh, wow. Wait, 18 hours. Is this in Texas? I don't know. Oh, who knows? But wow, I'm so glad that not only were your cats in good hands, but you live to tell the tale. That's so cool. Yes. Um, okay, next up, Melanie from Minneapolis. Pronouns, she, her. Hello, our legumes in chief. Melanie from Minneapolis here. My 82-year-old parents are vaxxed, as am I, and have migrated up north for the summer, so I will get to see them this weekend. Okay, good news is just an excuse. I want to play find the cat. I immediately see the cat. <laughs> wait, I don't see the cat. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my God, head. there's the cat. <gasps> see his little head? The only reason I even found this cat was because of the ears. Yep. <laughs> That's the giveaway. That is very, very good. That's a good game. Please submit again. Yes. Please. It's a good one. On the table next to the plant. Thank you, yep. ladies, for bringing me joy. And introducing me to this community. You're welcome. Thank you for being part of the community. I love this community. It's my favorite thing ever. Next up, another Jordan. This one has pronouns he and him. This one. This Jordan. (laughs) This Jordan over here. (laughs) Uh, Hello, Beans Queens. You know the drill. Longtime listener. Super fan. In love with Dana's voice, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, me too. It's a good voice. I knew that I missed Muller, she wrote. But wow, I never realized just how much I missed it until I heard AG reprise her just the facts. Dun, dun. Literal chills. (laughs) Thank you so much for reviving that amazing podcast as the story continues to unfold. Jordan, it's just going to get better and better. A bit of good news. As a theater, a theater professional. Ooh, theater. uh, I am often traveling for work and gigs. This uh, partially nomadic lifestyle causes me to request absentee ballots from time to time. I was shocked this past year when the disgraced former guy and conservatives decided that mail-in voting was a new thing. Uh, Definitely not. Right. Anything to help provide cover for your landslide loss, though, I suppose. Anyway, I'm pleased to report I was able to vote in person at our local primary elections on Tuesday. It was the first time I had voted in person in a while, and damn, it felt good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing quite like filling out a ballot and making your voice heard. That gives me the chills. Mm. Thanks to AG and Team Beans for reminding us that local elections matter, too. Oh, they matter so much, Jordan. Yes. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you for that submission. They're so important. So cool. Everything starts locally. So important. Everything starts locally. Jordan, I'm not asking you to work for free, but next time you got to submit some sort of tax in the way of, like, put your musical theater background job Mm -hmm. to good Mm -hmm. use. Like, maybe serenade us. I'm just saying. I'm just spitballing here. 
you know, not too much, just a short 18 bars, you know, just something because we you can't just drop that I work in musical theater and then not sing. Like, mm, that's us. Um, okay, <laughs> next up, Chris, pronouns he, him. Subject, oh no, creepy beans. Ooh. <laughs> hey, y'all, love the podcast. Been a patron since the Patreon launch. And this is my first time writing in. Well, thank you, Chris. Remember that story about Jason Ravensborg? Roundsborg. 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 The South Dakota AG committing a hit and run. Super weird, right? And the detail about finding the victim's glasses in the car. Super creepy, right? Well, every time you brought up this story on the podcast, I had the weirdest feeling of deja vu. I just knew I'd heard the story before somewhere. Yesterday, I was out of my now maskless, fully vaccinated, yay science walk when it hit me. Not like being hit by a car, but like all of a sudden. I rush home, go to my bookshelf, and I pull down On Writing by Stephen King. I flip to the back of the book, quickly scan, and there it is, page 255 of my copy of On Writing. And I quote Stephen King, quote, Smith later told his friends that he thought he'd hit a small deer until he noticed my bloody spectacles laying on the front seat of his van. That's right. When the master of horror himself, unquote, before, when the master of horror himself was hit by a car, his glasses ended inside of the car on the passenger seat. A creepy story that just keeps getting creepier and creepier. I don't have a pet. So for a pet tax, I have attached a photo of me with the T-Rex. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me up to date on the news and don't drink and drive. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Wait. Also, like, you know, Chris, you didn't say you were uh, a cutie pie. I know. Right. Look at that. You pepper. left that out. Halo. We're into it. T-Rex. I think my favorite T-Rex joke is an old, 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 like over a decade old meme. Mm. And it's, you know, the story of Oedipus Rex. Yeah. And he uh, falls in love with his mom. He is sexually attracted to his mom. His ma. Hence the Oedipus complex. And he gouges out his own eyes. Yeah. Well, it's it's a picture and it says Oedipus T-Rex, uh, but he can't gouge out his own eyes because his arms are too short. <laughs> He's like, let me get that pin in there. No, my toga pin. No, the other pin. Well, you know, I always think like when when I see these really beefy dudes, like at the gym or something, they always look like T-Rexes to me because it's like, I don't know if they do it on purpose, but it's like their biceps are so big, they can't extend their arms. So they like walk like this. T-Rex arm. Yeah, we're always like, how do they wipe their butt even? Bidets. Oh. It's got to be bidets. Bodybuilder bidet. God, I just can't. I... <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Next up, Fred from Boca. He, him, team vaccine. All right, Fred. Ooh. Hey, Beans Queens. There's a little bit of a mixed bag that I have been saving up. Ooh, I love these. Patience, the long game. Love you guys since the kitchen days. So it was great to hear the MSW theme again last week for volume two. I get the Daily Beans early each day. I'm a patron. And I usually listen around 4 a.m. when Whoa. I can't sleep, as sanity is needed. First, a small confession. I've been using the same cloth mask made by Hanes for the entire pandemic. I have kept it in the car since March 2020, and every time I used a mask, that was the mask. Have I washed it? No. It smells like me, and no other mask will do. I will miss it. Second, some good news. I've been quarantining now for 15 months with my very talented opera singer son. Whoa. He has worked so hard. And last week, he accepted a position in the master's program at Binghamton University in New York. He'll be singing tenor for two years in the Tri-City Opera there. Oh, that's hard to get into. Whoa. A really positive quarantine outcome. Pet tax? Enjoy Koopa, my girlfriend's daughter's new lab. Your heart will melt. Keep up your important, vital, 
entertaining work. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have so many thoughts. I just, he dropped so many bombs here. Also, this dog is, I mean, the puppy. The cutest. The cutest. Koopa is so cute. Also, you can't drop that someone's got a good singing voice and not put <laughs> the clip in. Yeah, I'm just saying next time. And then I'm so glad that you're vaxxed, uh, Fred, because I'm pretty sure your mask stopped working in April of 2020 because <laughs> you needed to be washed. But hey, you didn't catch it. So like, or maybe you did. I don't know. I hope not. But like, I'm glad it worked. I'm glad it, I, I'm glad it pulled you through. Mm-hmm. Indeed. It smells like me and I will miss it. <laughs> it smells like me and I will bury it in the yard. Okay, this requires a ruling from Amy's court. Dong, dong. Ben, he, him. I'm not sure about this whole horsey McSnuffles thing. Have I told you about the horsey McSnuffles thing? I'm ready to hear. I'm ready. Okay. There is an extension you can add on the Chrome browser. Mm-hmm. Every time the name Trump comes up in a in a news article, it will replace that name with Horsey McSnuffles. Oh my god. That so I, is amazing. I referred to him as Horsey McSnuffles, Horsey McSnuffles. a couple okay. of times. Yeah. Okay. I I okay. Now this is the context I needed. So we'll start again. Mm. Ben, he him. I'm not sure about this whole Horsey McSnuffles thing. That sounds fucking adorable. A horsey <laughs> snuffling at your hand trying to find the polo mint as you stroke their majestic nose and mane and then associating it with the tangerine toss bit. Is that how you say that? English is my second language. Toss, uh, toss pot. Toss pot. Oh, toss pot. Yeah. That. With the tangerine toss pot? Not right in my view and seriously demeaning to those beautiful horsies. Your Honor, is Horsey McSnuffles too cute a name to call the former guy? As pod pet tax, I enclosed Jess and Ruby. You've already seen them and guessed their breeds last week. This time, you don't have an action shot. Ruby wants to protect from the baby bunnies in her garden. <laughs> Jess wants to get comfy and have a fuss, even if it doesn't mean being tormented by our eldest. Oh, <laughs> baby. <gasps> Look at the face on that tiny little puppy. Little tiny little doggy. Oh, I love, I love dogs. Oh, my goodness. All right, Ben. I'm just going to get right to it. I agree. I I agree. And listen, in my eyes, AG is always right. She's always on the money. She never misses. But in this case, I'm like, listen, this is it's a very slippery slope from Horsey McSnuffles to like, you know how like like Bush then started painting and everyone's like, he's a painter. Mm. And like, I'm like, yeah, but all the (laughs) other shit. So like, I kind of agree with Ben here. Like, maybe we should just add like something else like like maybe like toad I, i'm sorry if you like toads but just something you know maybe even a, a fantastical creature that doesn't exist like like a like a like the terrible t-rex but not the real t-rex the one from the other movie that's like a supercharged t-rex that never existed mm. well if it please the court hmm. i believe the purpose of that chrome extension changing the name from trump to horsey mcsnuffles is an attempt to make you feel a nice feeling mm, mm-hmm. rather than the rage that you might otherwise feel by reading the former guy's name. And so I think that was the purpose yeah. of replace, Not so much as a, a kind of a placeholder mm. uh, referring to the, to the former guy, right, 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 but right. a replacement to calm you, calm you down and make you feel cuddly. I think okay. that's kind of the purpose of the Horsey McSnuffles extension chrome extension and you know kind of like how we put the good news at the end of our show mm. to, to leave everyone with a ah, 
or a huh feeling, either one. Yeah. yeah it depends on yeah. whether or not we're looking for trash down by the river. <laughs> I think that the purpose is to interject something adorable to mm-hmm. counteract what would otherwise be discussed. Okay, I'll allow that. But I will say, I would like some further research. Like, I want to know the long-term effects of this horsey McSnuffles. Like, like, let's say in a period of about, like, let's give it a, let's say, like, next week we can reconvene. And, and, and I wonder, like, eventually does your mind then start hating horsey McSnuffles? Because you're reading that horsey McSnuffles is doing these terrible things. Like, I don't know. I want to see the research. I want to see data. Just saying, maybe it's too maybe it's too soon to to rule on this. Yeah, it might be. I think we need to see the long term effects. I think we should okay. order an environmental study. Uh, and, <laughs> yes, and adjourn until uh, further notice. I agree with that. Well, thank you, thank you for submitting that, and uh, you know we'll get back to you after the environmental studies are done. And thanks yes. for every thanks to everyone for submitting your good news stories, confessions, corrections, Amy's court, where's the find the cat, what the mutt everything misheard lyrics anything you have to send to us you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact Uh, anything you want to say before we head out for the weekend have a great weekend absolutely everyone join us today at 4 p.m for our patreon happy hour that happens at four pacific and it's gonna be fun and everybody my divorce is final yay and uh everybody else please have a great weekend and take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet i've been ag and i've been amy carrero and them's the beans the daily beans is written and executive produced by allison gill with additional research and reporting by dana goldberg and amy carrero sound design and editing is by desiree mcfarlane with art and web design by joel reader with moxie design studios music for the daily beans is written and performed by they might be giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. <laughs>